TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Friday morning and welcome back to ChairShot Radio right here on ChairShot Radio Network presented by TheChairShot.com where we give you sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. TheChairShot.com always use your head. And folks, let me tell you something. I am not alone today. Friday morning. Your weekend is almost here. Why, why did I stop for that? They can't see that. Oh, nobody told you to stop. Chris did. No. Oh, keep well, going. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm guys. not. I ain't edited in that either. It's Christopher Hi, Platt. Kids. It's Ray Do you Cash. Like eyelids. <laughs> Something about eyelids, right? Okay. Here's a big announcement, though. This will be the last Friday you hear Three Man Weave, and don't be sad because we are moving permanently to Wednesday evenings. We will be back in our very own time slot, not the old time slot but a new time slot of our very own Wednesday evenings right there on thechairshot.com. So hip, hip, hooray. Everybody, you know, yeah. alert the townspeople. Everybody just be trying to steal my time slot, dog. You know, you you, you put your flag at a time. What time is that? out there trying to fight for it. The Wednesday evenings. That was that Meg's. Was mine for a that... good five weeks. Oh, man. my God. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Man. Meg's was there for like a year. <laughs> what is wrong with you, hey, Ray? Man. That's old stuff, bro. That's old stuff. <laughs> you well, guess what? When your show drops tonight, that spot's <laughs> ours now. Good point. Good point. No, and and make sure you're checking it out. Make sure you're checking it out this past week. It is Friday morning, so Wednesday night was the final edition of the Total Package series. Ray, why don't you tell everybody how that how that went down and and you know how do you feel about it? I'm very happy with how it came out. It's a very numbers based. Uh, topic and project, but we tried to put some life into it and some enjoyment and people love lists and rankings and we had a really different type of ranking system. Very happy with it. I, I think it came out quite well and the last episode is the best episode because we tried to be different and we ranked some WWE legends and I think you'll enjoy that. All right, make sure you check that out. You can find Chairshot Radio Network on all of your streaming devices as well. Before we get going today, I know Mr. Ungar likes to do this as well. He likes to kick it over to Christopher Platt because no one's better than the voice of Chairshot Radio to let you know where you can get your very own Chairshot t-shirt. First and foremost, greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Good Friday morning to you all. I pray everybody has a happy, healthy, and productive Memorial Day weekend. Three-day week for a lot of y'all with your shoot jobs. That's cool. Personally, I've got some family coming in this evening. Uh, Amber's sister, as well as her son, are going to be here, which means I get to feed a 17-year-old boy without any of the fun of making one. So, oh, joy. But on that note, make sure y'all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot T-shirt. We literally have something for everyone from hashtag journalism to save tag team wrestling to Jesus did the job and many, many, many other cool designs but more importantly than that you're supporting the movement 
That's right, thecheershot.com. I say it day in and day out. We are not just a website. We are a movement. We are your favorite place to go, your favorite website for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis because you're smarter than the average fan. So how do you support that movement? Easy. By going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot, picking up an official chair shot t-shirt. And if you type in the promo code Memorial Day, some shit might happen. No, but either way, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please, the chairshot.com, folks. We're not just a website, we're a movement. All right, folks. It can't hurt. It you, can't hurt. I believe a code will pop up when you go onto the site. So have no fear. You know, savings is near. This week we got a couple topics for you. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tread through all of them very nicely. The NBA playoffs, Phil Mickelson's history. We got Ray Cash. We got Christopher Platt. We got Pizza Funny. Here we go. Suckers gots to know. The things we do for friends. Tell everybody what you got, Platt. Tell everybody why you halted the beginning of the show and why I played the Harlem Heat theme song, which is one of the greatest theme songs of all time. Tell everybody why. Well, first and foremost, didn't nobody tell you to halt the beginning of the show. I was just happy to show off my brand new Harlem Heat t-shirt from WWEShop.com. It was kind of touch and go whether we were even going to get it, quite frankly, because the way that the site was set up when we ordered it, it went to our old apartment. And we called them. It's like, hey, man, can you switch it to the billing address? They said, no, we can't do anything. But if they ship it back after we ship it somewhere, we'll get you your money back. Damn. Fuck you, Jack. (laughs) Yes, he was, man. Fucking scientists always try to fuck my shit up. Oh, hi. hi. But thankfully, though. Chris, it's Dan. Hi. I can't do that for anybody. Sorry. Amber actually mailed the new inhabitants of our old apartment a letter, please asking them to turn the shirts over to the uh, the the rental office, and they did. So we just got them. I'd also like to announce to the fans that the voice you just just heard from Mr. Tunney is actually his shoot voice. No, it's and not. the voice you hear on radio <laughs> is strictly for the radio. Oh, that's hilarious. That's good. That's good. So pick and roll will be having a permanent spot next Wednesday night. <laughs> hey, I got enough shows, dog. Oh no, you're stuck. Too bad. This shows people like us too much. All right, folks. NBA playoffs are in full effect, and I know each of us on this show is enjoying them. We've been messaging each other back and forth from the play-in to now. We're basically two games through. After we're recording Wednesday, so you're going to be a little bit ahead of us Friday morning, but Wednesday evening, they're going to finish basically all eight series will have two games in. 
let's start with the play-in real quick. And, uh, you know, what are your overall thoughts? We've had the play-in now for the first year. I know everybody, but probably Golden State fans are liking the play-in right now. Oh, that shit ain't going nowhere. Between the ratings and the engagement and the excitement levels, it's like having the NCAA tournament, but in the NBA. That shit's not going anywhere. Plus, so, it's just fun. Silver wants, day, the mid, that... Silver wants the mid-season tournament now, too. All about that one. No. I mean, give it a shot. I don't think it's going to work out well, but give it a shot, man. You, you know what I mean? You, I, these sports leagues need to try more things. You know what I mean? Like, sports has been presented so long for one way. It's time to try some different shit, man. Throw Snoop Dogg in the booth and let him do a quarter of football or something like that. Like when they had the Nickelodeon football games. That was cool. Try yeah. some new shit, man. Just try some different stuff. They Okay, the, the whole Avengers thing a few weeks ago, yeah, that was an epic fail. But it was something different. And they, people shouldn't be afraid to try different things. Yeah, spot on. Um, and the so the beauty of the reason why I think the play-in tournament worked is that secretly – the league as a whole is much better at one than it has ever been. So your nine and ten and eleven seeds are really quality basketball teams. It's just they may have had a, some injuries or they may have had some luck or they're too young. So like it's not just like you're getting fifteen and sixty teams that's going to possibly make the playoffs. These are all teams that are worthy enough to play for the playoffs. Play, the playing games were great. Um, God clearly hates rants because, uh, or Ray, I'm sorry, kayfabe, because not only did the Lakers end up playing my sons, but the only other player I wanted to see play in the in the playoffs, Steph Curry lost two overtime games. So hooray for me. It's interesting because the third ever play-in game in NBA history, and it looks like it's going to be here to stick, will probably be the most marquee uh matchup of all time there'll never be a play-in game that ever lives up to the third ever play-in game in nba history an overtime victory from lebron james over steph curry there there will never be seven mvps involved in another playoff game play-in game that goes to overtime like that it'll never happen so you just compared the play-in game to heroin yeah that's i mean it's pretty accurate that, that's pretty much how it goes. That first you high did. is always going to be the best one. That's what you did. And then the rest of the time that you shooting up, you're just trying to get back to that first high, which you can never relive. I'm just saying I, it, I do. my point just basically is Adam Silver got fucking lucky as hell in the fact that – God damn it, Ray. The fact that, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he got LeBron versus Steph, you're never going to see something like that ever again. And one, real quick, shout out to, shout out to uh, John Morant who let the world know I'm pretty fucking good. Well, let's... frankly, yeah. go go ahead, Teddy. You about to set it up. Go ahead, man. All right, let's get going with that. We're gonna get to them. We're gonna kind of go in chronological order on when these second games have happened. We can start with my own Milwaukee Bucks here. What are you guys' thoughts there? I know Platt and I messaged back and forth. The first game, the Bucks shot like horribly and still won. They came out, made some shots. So you know, I expect them to play in between those two places the rest of the series. How do you guys see it going? Bucks up 2-0 as they head to Miami. Yeah, that's a wrap, man. Miami's one player away. And ironically, they had an opportunity this offseason to get that one player, but they were just super high on Tyler Hero for some reason. They really thought that he had the opportunity to be something special. I never saw it, but obviously I bow to the expertise of Pat Rowley. Lo and behold, looks like I was right. 
But yeah, they're yeah, they're yeah, it's a wrap. They might get a game, but it's a wrap. Tyler Hero got a game, but I don't know what it is that happened this season that he just forgot how to be a difference maker. It's amazing. He just all of a sudden looks like he forgot how to play basketball offensively. Yes. Um, but I think the takeaway from this series is the Drew Holiday experiment has worked and will continue to work. That he's he's probably what you guys were missing. Um, his defensive prowess, his ability to kind of run the offense and um and shout out to Chris Middleton for for finally cementing himself as the number two they needed. Because now We've talked ad nauseum that the weak the weak link of the Bucks is Coach Bud and their um, in game offensive sets. Man, look now, Giannis can just be a rebounder and a dunker, and Chris Middleton out there at the high, at the high high post or at the top of the key, he's killing. He's making. I think I saw a stat that like the only other people who have made more percentages of their final shots in the playoffs are like Reggie. Like Larry, like super crazy top level talent. So shout out to Chris Middleton. Bucks look good, and Miami's just been off all year. So regroup; they'll be good again next year. As you listen, you will know what happened in that first home game for the Heat in the playoffs. Whether or not the Bucks took a three-game lead or not, we shall see. Were you guys surprised when Dame came out? And I know it was in Denver. And it was mountain time, but it was Dame time for game one. And then King Jokic comes back and takes care of business. I believe that series is now tied one game apiece. No, not at all. Because without Jamal Murray, there's nothing that you're going to be able to do with that backcourt if you're Denver. You have no answer to that. And I know Porter played pretty well in game one, but what are you going to do? I mean, your best bet is if I'm Portland, I say, you know what, Joker? Fuck it. Go get 50 and 20 every night. We're not going to double you. You know what I mean? We're not going to double. We're going to let you go ahead and get your thing off. And what are you going to do? You're not going to be able to keep up with us and score enough points. How do you think Portland can handle Facundo Campazzo, though? God bless you. (laughs) I'm sorry I couldn't say that without laughing. Go ahead, Ray. Shout out to Akuda Matata, but it still don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) How how amazing is it that Nikola Jokic is such a dynamic player that you'd almost want him to get 50 and 20 over him getting 10 assists. That's crazy. A center, right? And, you know, I'm I'm probably the biggest Jamal Murray, probably the biggest Nuggets supporter on this show. But I, I'm, I don't like that we keep saying without Jamal Murray because it's not just Jamal Murray. Will Barton is gone. Monte Morris is gone. Their entire backcourt has been decimated this year. So, like, Austin Rivers is, is, like, having to be their main guy at the point. That's never good for anybody. And um, there are very few things in, in basketball that are facts and true. And that's eventually is going to be Dame time. So, I'm not shocked whenever that boy eats up. Never. Do either of you see Portland coming out of here? Or do you see Denver just having enough to, to maintain? I don't see a, a lane for... Denver to win this series. I I, I honestly don't, man. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. If Nurkic gives them anything, Portland's going to go away with it. If he gives them anything. Yeah, I don't see a way here. I can see it going, you know, five or six or or maybe even seven. But ultimately, I think this plays out how it did when they played a few years ago, when Portland went to the uh, conference finals. The problem with the series is that 
this is one of the few series that Jokic is in that he can't put the team on his back and overcome another guy who always puts the team on his back. If he was playing a, another team that didn't have Dame Lillard, I can see it, yeah. But Dame Lillard does the same things on a nightly basis that Jokic does. So, and he has his whole full roster. Melo's healthy. CJ's healthy. Nurkic and um, what's the uh, Turkish kid? Uh, Cantor's healthy. Yeah, like, Enos. Covington is healthy. Like, they, the whole squad is good to go. Where they work, they racking with like me, you, and Platt right now, starting with him well, and Austin Rivers. We'll see. Denver's the three and Portland's the six for a reason. I mean, Jokic was able to keep that team in the mm-hmm. top three in the Western Conference. So you, you yeah. think Denver got a shot? I think out of all the series right now, I think this is the biggest coin toss, considering, yes, Dame is a fucking legit superstar and someone that can take over a series. But Denver has done something right. I mean, they've won a whole shit ton of games since Murray went out and stayed. They moved up in the standings since Murray went out. Yeah. Just saying. I'm just, I'm, I don't know who I would pick. It's the last series I would bet on. How's that sound? Here's the first series I would bet on, and we probably don't need to talk about this much until we get into the second round of the playoffs. Brooklyn and Boston, that one's over. It's it's really sad to me because Brooklyn Brooklyn's going to win this series no matter what happened. But, man, if Jalen Brown was healthy, this would be a very different series. Do you think because so? Because we know really? the Nets' the, the Nets weakness. The, the problem with the reason why nobody can beat the Nets is because nobody gives it to them back. Everybody just gets so awed by how great their offense is. They can't defend anybody. So if you make them score, and especially when they play teams like the Bucks or like the Sixers, when somebody's going to destroy them down low, that's going to that's gonna mess up their offense because they're going to be worried about defense and they're going to get fouls involved. So like, if you got a guy like Brown and Tatum who are fantastic when it's in the penetration, penetrating to the lane and, and with their size being able to play inside out, that changes the dynamic of a game. I'm not saying that they would have beat Brooklyn, but it'd be a different series. This is what makes Brooklyn so terrifying. They haven't even played well yet in either of these games, and they weren't even close. That's why they're so terrifying. Now, my yep. brother Ray does bring up some good points as well. Is they're, they, they're a donut team. They've got a serious hole in the middle. I mean... Blake Griffin is playing significant minutes, like significant ass minutes. Like they need those minutes that Blake Griffin gives them. They you know what I mean? So, That's what it is. They miss Marcus. Yeah, yeah. But they, I mean, we thought Blake coming aboard, that was like, oh, you know, come aboard the party train or whatever. But no, they need that Mellon Farmer right now. So it's going to be interesting to see when they match up against somebody like a Philly or even a Milwaukee. But they're just terrifying on offense because there's no way you're going to be able to stop them from scoring. At, at all, and then you you throw Joe Harris out there, who has like one of the highest three point percentages of like ever for a season. It's it's just stupid. Nick Claxton is out there getting major minutes. I bet you I don't even know who he was before the season. And the Arab looking kid, what's his name? Sherbert. He he's playing well too for him. Yeah, man. That, yeah. But was it's what, I, I I really butchered his name. What is it? Is, is I know it's not Sherbert. What the is fuck that is that the, man's name? Is that the first time you butchered a name on accident? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually it is. A milestone moment here on Three Man Weed, folks. Land- Landry Shamet. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's keep moving <laughs> to the train right along here. 
Let's talk about something that I think everybody's surprised by. Maybe the most surprising thing. The Mavericks are up 2-0 on the Clippers, a team who intentionally lost games coming into the playoffs, deciding that's who they wanted to play. And they almost the opposite of what the Bucks did. The Bucks are like, no, we're going to beat Miami, and then we're going to play them again, and we're going to beat them again. And now look what's going on here. Not even 41 points from Kawhi could help the Clippers Man. win at home against Luka. Two things. Number one, if you really paying attention to basketball, this ain't no shock. Dallas had their number for a minute. They beat them by 51 this year. Number two, it feels good as fuck to be right about Luka. I think this is the year. I, Dallas is going to the finals, and Luka's about to have his superstar moment. I, I you, you heard it here first, folks. Whoa, Kibo Sabi. He's played phenomenal, but no, but Number one, I don't know why, if you're the Clippers, why would you tank so that you can wait until conceivably the second or third round to meet the Lakers? If you're going to get them, you, you got to catch them right now. This is when you want to catch them before they kind of get into a rhythm and figure out what the fuck they're doing. You want to get them early, not when they figure it all out. But this series, number one, Dallas is a bad matchup for them. They damn near beat them last year in the playoffs, if you guys recall. Without Porzingis. This is a bad will. They should probably just sit his little ass on the bench because seven four four rebounds. I'm good. He it, he doesn't just he just doesn't seem like he's even happy to be there. But no man. But it's funny. I know you said that, Sonny. That's where I got it from. But it's funny because number one, the Clippers they gave me false hope about the three quarters mark of this season because they had put some a nice string of wins together, some good wins as well. So I thought maybe they were figuring it out. But yo, this team. It doesn't make sense. They 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 don't have any chemistry. They don't have an identity. That's why when shit gets real, they fold like a cheap rug because they have no idea what to do in those types of situations. They don't seem like they enjoy playing with each other. You know, I'm just picking up on kind of the the the, the nuances and nonverbal shit that goes on, you know, in the midst of NBA game. They they don't have the they have the chemistry of the road running and the coyote. Now no they have the chemistry of their of their best player. It's 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 looking bleak right now. Now to to throw them a little ray of sunshine, okay? Kawhi Leonard is still one of the best five basketball players on the planet, and one of Tyrone Lue's most underrated and best gifts as a head coach is the ability to make adjustments. I saw this firsthand in his playoff run with the Cavaliers. But what do you adjust to? I don't know what I, what answers do you really have out there? Like, there's nothing you can do. You can't really play. Uh, I, I'm gonna call him Nurkic. I know that's not his name. You can't really play Zubats. him in this. Yeah, you can't really play Zubats in this series. You got uh the Morris boy and Rondo. They're probably three of your, or excuse me, two of your best five to have on the court. But then when you do that, you're playing three on five on the offensive end. I don't really know what you do here. And, and for once, it's not even Paul George's fault. Like, this shit just ain't going to work. It, it, I think it heads are going to roll. If they get swept out here, uh, again, it's still early. Things can change. But if they get if they get up out of here in the first round, heads are getting ready to roll. Because, you know, I, I, I don't know many patient billionaires. Do y'all? Let's put it this way. I think the coaching matchup is pretty even. I think the star power is pretty even. But I think the depth and the extra looks like drive and want on the Mavericks side is what's going to keep them here. They're up 2-0. I mean, they're heading home. They get one of these, then the pressure's all on. 
I, I got to give Luca his props, though, because he has been killing these dudes, and they have not had an answer for him whatsoever. The only thing you could possibly do is put Kawhi on him, but you can't do that because you depend on him so much on the offensive end. He giving it to Kawhi, too, bro. Yeah. He Kawhi did. getting the two. Yep. So, yeah. All right, we're going to keep the train rolling here. We're going to talk about Ray, and I don't know how nervous he is now because the Suns are now tied with the Lakers, and looks like Chris Paul – at the very least, we'll be bugged by a nagging shoulder injury. What's what's the latest word here? Phoenix Suns camp, Mr. Phoenix Sun, Ray Dollars equals Ray Cash. Man, I don't know what God Chris Paul pisses off in <laughs> May, in June. My goodness, because this is like four times where this dude can make a real run and Do- gets hurt. Is I mean, there any talk about snakes. Is there any chance we can get Uncle Cliff to come in and does he is he as good at basketball or no? That's just no. He may have better eyesight, but he ain't definitely doesn't okay. have a handle. Okay, okay. <laughs> um so yes. I'm I I wasn't nervous that they, that we lost because that's expected. These are the champs. But I was nervous. I was proud of how they fought. I was proud of how Phoenix fought. But I'm nervous about Chris because I was inside the NBA Kenny said something very poignant. Chris puts people in the right positions. So when you saw um, it was like a it was a tie game or we had like a one point lead with like two and a half minutes left and then they all of a sudden they went off. That's because offensively, Cameron Payne played his ass off. Cameron Payne is going to be offens- very good in this league. I'm so happy we have him and even each one more like we like he has Chris has transformed that point guard room, but. People didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to be. They did like we were playing. Literally, book was out there playing one on one, which ended up being one on three. So without Chris Paul, we can't win the series. Clear. I think anybody knows that. But the beauty of Chris Paul being there all season is he's taught these kids. And I say kids because all these motherfuckers young, like keep it a buck. He has taught them how to fight and how to play. So we're gonna play the Lakers hard as fuck. If I'm Monty. And call me crazy. I don't play Chris until at least game four. I don't play him in game three. Because if he's so bad that he can't even dribble the ball, like he's losing the ball as he's dribbling, he can't even shoot with the arc on it. You know what I'm saying? If he's that bad, this isn't going to be fixed by Thursday or by in two days. But so this may be the greatest thing that's ever happened to LeBron this season is that Chris is out. No, Ray, don't apologize for calling these guys kids. Two of the best things, arguably the two best things about getting older is, number one, you're still living. And number two, you get to call grown-ass men kids. I love <laughs> it. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Rogers, Rogers <laughs> did it to Jordan Love with Kenny Mayne. <laughs> <laughs> I love the kid. Hey, shout out to DeAndre Aiden, by the way, who is finally living up to that high draft pick. So yeah. proud of that kid. You you literally took the first point I was gonna make out of my mouth, man. My bad, my bad, my yeah. bad. No, no, you're good. He played phenomenal, especially in game one. But the reason why I picked the Lakers in this series is because ultimately I think they're just too big for Phoenix. Size does matter, especially in basketball, and they're just way too big. And yes, Aiden played phenomenal in game one. Can he sustain that for an entire series? I don't be seen. I you know, there's nothing that he has proven. There's, there's nothing I've seen from him that's proven that he could do that, but maybe this might be his breakout party. But it's like you said, right? Without Chris Paul, the rudder, the engine, the straw that stirs the drink, 
And, and they're catching the Lakers at a good time because the Lakers don't know what the hell is going on right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what's happening with Drummond. I don't understand. It just it's not a fit at all. They probably shouldn't even play him anymore in the playoffs. It's like there's just they don't know what's going on. I don't think LeBron is 100 percent quiet as kept. LeBron ain't been 100 percent since that that groin ankle injury, injury a yeah. couple of a couple of years ago. No, I'm talking about yeah. back in when he first got there, that injury. It was it was ankle that was groin. He had, yeah, the first yeah, season, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't been the same since then. The the start and stop last year with the quarantine was probably yeah. the best thing that could have happened to him because he got yeah. time to rest and recuperate and go into his Michael Jackson chamber. But this is a fun series, and as much as I would love to see the Suns in the finals, I, I want to see a Brooklyn-Phoenix finals because yeah. those, are the most, those have been the two funnest teams to watch all season, and that series would be phenomenal. I think ultimately the size issue and the Chris Paul, which this is just... It just is what it is at this point, right? It's like, oh, season five of The Wire, or you know what I mean? Oh, Law and Order, season 23. Like, it's back on the air now. Like, it's just what it is, and God bless him. But, they, yeah, they can't pull this out without him. Two quick additions real quick. One, Andre Drummond, the fact you the fact that the second Marcus Soul got on this court, you could tell it was a different offense. Let you know that Drummond should not be playing. It should be Gasol. should have been Gasol from jump, number one. Number two, what Chris Paul has done in his career for the centers he's played with, they sit. They need to put him in the center hall of fame, because DeAndre Aiden has refi- he has remade himself as a Tyson Chandler clone with the jumper, and that's that's probably his highest ceiling. Well, that's what he's been doing? Are are we? Is it time yet to have the Anthony Davis conversation? We can do that Next later show. on in the playoffs. Oh, but y'all, y'all feel me though. Yeah, we will we'll get to that. I but y'all feel me. From. We're gonna keep yeah. moving today. I'll just, we'll close the Suns Lakers talk by yes, Ray. They'll put him in the actual Hall of Fame. He's that good too. My God. <laughs> and Drummond played a little bit better in Game Two, so we'll see. They need him defensively. Wizards and Sixers in the effort to keep rolling along here. There ain't much to say. Sorry, Dave. Uh, if Bradley Beal was was 100, maybe they'd pull they'd out a still game. Still losing five. I said maybe they'd, they'd pull out a game. Right? All right. God damn it. Let's keep rolling along. Hawks, Knicks. Hawks get the early game one, despite the crowd yelling, fuck you, Trey Young. This is a fun one. This would be the series I wouldn't want to bet on. This is going to be fun. I hope this goes seven. This is going to be so much fun. Wasn't it cool to see all the celebrities like Spike Lee and Tracy Morgan and everybody back on the sideline in the garden in a meaningful game? Like, kudos to Julius Randle, won his... Uh, most improved player. Did you see his son came out and gave it to him? Like, Beautiful dude, stuff. Dude's just A1, man. And I'm so happy for the Knicks fans that hung in there. But like Platt said, I guess this is another coin flip. Hey, Ray? Trey Young may not have a hairline, but he got <laughs> the biggest balls right now in the league. It's like, he got some balls on him. I love it. It's fantastic. And the problem is the Knicks don't have a star who can duel with Trey. Now, don't disrespect Julius Randle because he may be a star, but he's not a star like Trey is. And there's only so much Derrick Rose can do with his veteran acumen that he's he's a better player now than he ever was. Um, I'm worried about the Knicks, dog, because I ain't know Atlanta's going to come play like this. Atlanta's got yeah, good, good Atlanta- talent. They've got some great talent, and shout out to Nate McMillan. I know old boy out west was going to win coach of the year because, you know, he just was. But Nate McMillan doesn't get enough love. He goes everywhere and turns it around. He won in Seattle. Hell, 
he gave he got Jerome James paid. If I'm Jerome James, I, I would have gave him some tribute, like Paulie from Goodfellas. When I signed that enormous contract with the Knicks, he went to, to Indiana with that weirdly ass constructed team and won with them. He won in Portland. Now he's doing it again here in Atlanta. Yes. Give Nate McMillan his flowers as well. But yeah, Atlanta's legit. They've got some legit, really good players. Obviously, I've seen a lot of Hawks games this year, and I knew sure, they were sure. a legit issue. So I'm I'm glad that they're Go ahead. I was going to say, I knew they'd be something to mess with when Houston stupidly traded them Clint Capella. That's all they needed. Mm-hmm. But that's been the the theme of the these first couple of games of the playoffs, as, soon, as well as the uh, play-in games, man. These young guys are showing out. They're showing up and they're showing out between Ja and Luka and Trey, Devin yep. Booker. I'm yep. sure there's one or two I'm forgetting. And please, this, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so it's not any disrespect intended to any of these young guys. But they showing the up guard, and showing bro. out. It's the, the new guard. guard here. Yeah. yeah. And it's fun. I love it. Last series we got to get to. Are we going to see a nine seed win a playoff series, guys? Memphis with the early 1-0 lead. I know we're we're recording Wednesday night. You're listening Friday morning. Don't worry. Next week we'll be recording Wednesday. You'll be hearing us Wednesday night. We'll be right on track. But is there – I mean, regardless of whether or not they lose game two in Utah, they're still going home. A nine seed is going home. For their first home playoff game in a playoff series with basically home court advantage. When an offensively challenged team um, plays without their MVP superstar candidate that averages 30, I mean things are different. Let's not let's not play ourselves. Memphis cannot stack up player for player against Utah. Problem is when Spider ain't there to get the buckets they need to get, who 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 gonna get it? Joe Ingles? Conley ain't the same guy. Like who's getting buckets for them outside of Spider? Can can I ask you guys what's going on with that? Because I haven't heard anything. I just keep hearing that there's some weird stuff going along, but I can't find anywhere where anybody's talking about what it was. What's what's weird? What's going on there? It's it's not weird, Flat. They tried to they tried to protect him. It was just a case of a team trying to protect a player from himself. He had an injury. They tried to keep him out to protect him. He threw a fit about it because it's the playoffs and he's a fucking competitor. Then you got to remember, too, look who his mentor is, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade would literally tape himself up with, like, chicken wire and, like, you know, uh, paste and uh, paper mache and duct tape and he'd go out there and play. Spider got a bad ankle. So I get it. But he's playing this, He's playing, He's playing. playing game two and further on. And they, they'll probably blow up. Memphis may still the game back in the in the grindhouse, but it's not it can't go no more than six. Utah's by and large a better team. I mean, you talk about who's gonna score, Bojan Bogdanovich, you got Jordan Clarkson, you got Mike Conley. I mean, Rudy Gobert is excellent on the inside for them. So I'll tell you who I'm most impressed with. People that aren't saying someone's name, and it's on Memphis Grizzlies, and it's not John Morant. It's Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is a fucking baller, and he is one of the biggest reasons, along with John Morant, because that guy does everything for that team. Second-round pick, dog. Amazing. Great player. I'm an Arizona Wildcats fan. That man gives me nightmares from playing in Oregon. Legit. He was that good. I don't know, man. I'm up in the air on this one. Um, I think Utah should win, but you guys know, man. I haven't been here for Utah all year. Y'all know that. Fair. I just, yeah, I'm fair. just not. I, First I don't round, like... no. Second round, maybe. Yeah, you're probably right because you know I'm not. And shout out to Jordan Clarkson winning Sixth Man of the Year. That's a great accomplishment. I've never been a Jordan Clarkson guy. 
having watched him in Cleveland and in LA, he I'm glad that he he can score, but he he has a tendency to do way too much. How dope is it that the two got three of the three guys LA threw away? Well, I'm not counting Alonzo, but he's the fourth. But um Brandon Ingram, uh Julius Randle, and Jordan Clarkson, and in the past two years, they've won all the awards. Ain't that kind of dope? Shout out to them, but then we got to throw in D'Angelo Russell, man. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to talk about him. All right. (laughs) Next week, we'll be back with even more NBA playoff coverage from your three-man weave crew. Before we move on, before we hit a commercial break and talk about a different subject, Mr. Ray Cash would like to have a a, a time to state his opinion on certain goings-on according to the NBA. In particular, Mr. Cash, your thoughts before we had to break on one, Kyrie Irving. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. I will try my best not to be long with my soliloquy. Um, Kyrie Irving is one of the best players in the NBA, bar none. No question said. But Kyrie has long been, um, I think the word mercurial fits here with his play and with his off-court situations. He has taken off time for reasons that he didn't give, which were surmounted to be mental health reasons. Um, we've seen him, we've seen him literally in arenas, blowing up, blowing sage. Um, he has gotten very strong in his social justice um, pursuits, which is fantastic to me. And he does so much for people outside of basketball. But when a dude is wrong, a dude is wrong. More recently, he talked about um, how going back to Boston, he was concerned and just asked that people weren't going to be, weren't going to continue to be overtly racist. Now, anybody who knows anything about the history of this country knows that Boston is, unfortunately, one of the more notable racist towns in the country. That is what it is. Everybody there ain't racist. I'd surmise that the majority of people there probably ain't racist, but it is the reputation it has garnered. However, my problem with him saying that isn't that he's wrong. My problem with him saying that is, one, you don't say that about any other city. Two, the people of Boston aren't going to give you hell because they're racist. They're going to give you hell because you treated them like trash. Because you built their hopes up, you then you bitched about it, got out, wanted to get out, and then you haven't been back since. This is the first time you've been in Boston with fans since you high and you left them high and dry. So all this work you're going to get and all this hate and all these booze you're going to get is off the backs of your own work. So Mr. Irving, you are right in that many, many black men, many, many minorities have had to deal with racist undertones and racist issues when they've gone to Boston, not only for basketball, not only for sports, but in general. But this ain't one of the situations, dog. Sometimes you got to make, you got to lie in the bed you made and you earned this hatred you about to come back and get. I'm, that's all I wanted to say. I, you know, I appreciate your time. Folks, you're listening to Three Man Weave on Chair Shot Radio. We will be moving to Wednesday evenings, but we appreciate you tuning in. We got one more topic when we come back. Phil Mickelson making it look easy at 50. We'll be right back. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back to Chairshot Radio. Right here, Chairshot Radio Network, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot, thechairshot.com, sports entertainment and sports entertainment. Always use your head. Gentlemen, Phil Mickelson, 50 years old 11 months and basically 51 right i mean he's gonna be he's gonna be 51 before the end of june what an accomplishment and honestly to me as a golf fan i was like how i went through the weekend was interesting because the week before at the tournament before he came out and shot seven under in the first round and it was like holy shit phil still got it right and we all kind of knew he did but what does he do the next three rounds in that tournament he proceeds to shoot 14 over in the next three rounds and end that tournament at plus seven. So when he comes in here and he's leading after the first round and the second round, I'm like, can he maintain it? And sure enough, everybody now, even non-golf fans know that history was made. I mean, you guys don't necessarily pay attention to golf as closely as I do. I don't pay attention to it as closely as I do when Tiger is around. What were your thoughts? What were you paying attention to during the weekend? And did you watch on Sunday? You know I watched on Sunday because we were texting back and forth about it. How fun of a sports day was Sunday? Oh, Between great. Phoenix coming out and stunning the Lakers, Uncle Phil coming out and, and making history. I mean, it was just a really fun day to be a sports fan on Sunday. Uh, speaking of Phil, this was fun. It really was. And I'm not even the biggest Phil fan. I, I think Phil is a little uh, pretentious douchebag that tries to act like he's cool, but this was just fun to see this man at 51, 50 and some change come out of here and win this tournament, man. And it w- it was a lot of fun. And the crowd was into it. The crowd was lit. They were into it. It was great. I thought he might have fucked himself a little bit when he uh, teed off and hit the ball in the rough on 17. But he, he, I mean, he came out of that like a pro. And yeah, it was just a fun day. Congratulations to Phil, man. For real. Unfortunately, I was I was on daddy duty Sunday, so I did not have the chance to watch. However, I was living vicariously through the group text we have. And um, I, I tend to agree with your assessment of Phil, by and large. Um, I still think he's overtly likable, although what you said I believe is true. Um, but when there's no Tiger involved, um, when Dustin didn't make the cut, when you have all the people who you would think would be likable to follow that aren't really around, 
to see Phil have that moment, to hear Phil have that moment, and then to add in what you just said, Tony, because he was terrible the week before, the age. He had some issues that day. Um, you know, um, the final day, he didn't, it didn't, I don't think, played the best 18 holes of golf he's ever played. Well, it was his worst round. Um, he shot plus one, but, you know, he had built that yeah. lead up. But the crazy thing is at the end of the third round, I believe he's about 12 or 13 holes through the third round and he gets it to minus 10. And I thought you it Saturday going, I don't think anybody else is going to get the minus 10. Well, in the next two holes, Phil doubles and bogeys and he's back to minus seven and no one, the entire tournament, even Phil gets back to minus 10 the entire time. It's just a tribute to that course. It's such a, it was such a beautiful course to watch on as well. You have Kiawa Island right there, South Carolina, right on the ocean. That wind is just fucking crazy. If, if, if you actually, if you're a golfer, you know, the, the I would rather golf in 45 degree weather and a five mile an hour wind than 75 yeah. degree weather and a 15 mile an hour wind. Wind is nice. the that makes golf so freaking hard. And that course just looked beautiful and played very, very difficult. I'll put it to you like this. My beautiful queen, Amber, she doesn't know shit about golf, never played anything other than putt, but typically isn't a golf fan or watcher or any of that, but she got into it between the crowd. And I explained to her the historical significance of what Phil was actually doing. Even she was able to get into this. And this was just a great moment for sports and more importantly, a great moment for golf, which again, there's not a whole lot of personalities on there. I know we, we joke and we talk about Rochambeau and this and that he's about the only one. It's a very straight lace uptight sport. So just all the history that we have with Phil. I mean, Phil's been in our lives for the past, what, 25 years? Well, yeah, and he's been the main guy that's been right there behind Tiger, right? If there is no Tiger, Phil probably has five or six more majors, possibly. We don't sure. know. We don't know. But you brought up Bryson DeChambeau, and it's been announced that in July, Phil Mickelson will team up with Tom Brady again, and this time they will take on Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady tweeted, I hope Bryson DeChambeau is ready to go for it because Aaron certainly does not go for it. <laughs> hey, can we talk about how Tom Brady all of a sudden in like three months has figured out how to have the best Twitter account in the business? Yeah. When did he get a personality? Because, I, you know, I've, I've talked with people that actually know him and they always they always say the same thing. He's super corny. But ever since he went down to Tampa Bay, I guess that son maybe he sparked his personality. Or maybe what? he's just on uh, don't give a fuck mode. My my uh, legacy is cemented. Yeah. You know? Nobody getting seven. Ooh. I'm good. Yeah, clearly that's the first yeah, part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like, Robert O'Reilly need to start playing ball. <laughs> I feel like it's a it's it's part of your contract when you sign with uh, Belichick that he steals your soul because like look at all these people that have left a Foxborough and like they are likable as humans. So I'm super excited about that, and it's funny because doesn't DeChambeau kind of remind you a bit of Rogers in a bit, personality wise? No, you don't think so. No, DeChambeau is very matter of fact and out there. And DeChambeau is a, has a fucking feud going with Brooks Kepka on, on Twitter as well. So check that out. But I no, Rogers is more like Mickelson almost kind of like very smarmy, very, 
you know, okay. uh, retracted, you know, very, very concise. DeChambeau is the villain of golf right now if you want one. He's the guy that <laughs> added 40 pounds, said, I'm going to hit the ball farther than any of you motherfuckers. I'm going to complain about it. And anybody that listens, I'm going to tell you how I'm doing it. That's what you hear about DeChambeau, right? See, I like Aaron Rodgers, man, because he's a dick. And I don't think he really tries to hide his dickness. He's just, he's Not a fucking all. asshole. He comes in the room, he's a quarterback. He comes in the room with his dick swinging. You know what I mean? Down to the ground, which I, I, I want that in my quarterback. I want my quarterback to feel like he's got the biggest dick in the room. And yeah, that yeah, that's what I want out of a quarterback. So I've always did I've always liked Aaron more than most. So I've Granted, said, I don't go ahead. Obviously, you are more familiar to the situation than me, but No, I, I was gonna say let's let's close it out this way. I've said my piece on multiple podcasts, um, on Chair Shot Radio Monday morning more than once, and I'm sure I'll be saying it again as it keeps on going and we get towards June first. But we got a couple minutes left on the show today. We want to thank everybody for listening. We want you to know Wednesday evenings on thechairshot.com, you will find three-man weave every single week now. We are back. We're giving you all the sports except for hockey. Patrick and Dave got that covered on Sundays. That's just not our cup of tea until we possibly get to the Stanley Cup Finals. But you're going to have plenty of, plenty, of, plenty of NBA talk until it's over. Uh, I'm sure we're going hit, to be hitting baseball as we get into the season as well. And NFL is going to be picking up. We're going to be hitting the NBA draft soon. We'll be we'll be talking about the Olympics when we get there as well. So make sure you're finding Three Man Weave every Wednesday evening, ChairShot Radio Network, all your favorite streaming devices, and on the ChairShot.com. Gentlemen, I've had my piece and say I'm going to continue to talk about it. Aaron Rodgers, why don't each of you go ahead and give your brief thoughts on the situation and what you think is going to end up happening before we get out of here. So, well, let me let me start, and I'll, I'll be brief. Um you know, business of football is a bitch. I say that because oftentimes there's oftentimes there's no right there's no right party, um, and oftentimes both parties involved are fighting against what the best course of action is. Clearly, the best course of action for both parties is Rogers should stay with the Packers, and the Packers should make him happy. He's been there long enough and done enough for that franchise to get what he thinks he deserves. But then sometimes the organization, and he said this very poignantly, but kind of quietly and confusingly when he spoke with Kenny Mayne, shout out to Kenny Mayne, by the way, um, and that it is a philosophical thing. It is that it's the idea that the one team in the league that is not owned by a person almost feels like they don't need anybody. I don't understand the ideology behind the way the football team and the way that front office is built, trying to build this team. I understand you want to have, you've got the, the far situation has scarred that entire franchise. Get it. But I don't understand why you will not double down on your, on your quarterback. He continues to go out there and do things and make literal lemonade out of kumquats. And you won't give him any help. You just say, oh, keep going. it," And you keep trying to build up a defense that regularly is not good. But you keep throwing more and more picks at it. So should, should Aaron Rodgers want out? I don't think so. But fuck it. You know, like he wants out now, and at least he said it. At this point, 
it just behooves both parties to probably split. And it's a shame because I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers in anything else but green and gold, but such is life. Um, and the quarterback always wins in situations like this. You know, it's funny to me, and I, this cracks me up all the time. When it comes to American society, 99.99 with the line over the last nine percent of the time, the American populace is pro labor over management. Mm-hmm. The only time when that is not true mm-hmm. is when we're talking about athletics, specifically professional athletics. And then all of a sudden, the entire American populace and consciousness turns into Lord Barrington the Third in this motherfucker. Like, what the fuck? Like. <laughs> Um, ultimately, I think a divorce is probably needed, but at the same point in time, I'm I'm just looking at this logistically. We're in the end of May now. OTAs are about to start in like six minutes. I think if a deal was going to get done, the optimum time for it to get done would have been around draft time. So you kind of maybe would have been able to get a pick for Aaron or something like that, or get a get one of those first round quarterbacks that went. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. I don't know. Like, I went into this thinking there was no way they were going to be able to reconcile this and he was going to be gone. At this point in time, man, I feel like most of the chess pieces are on the board at this particular point in time. And I don't – obviously, any team that gets him, they're an automatic Super Bowl contender, but I don't really see a whole lot of moves out there. So at this point, yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen here. I guess just stay tuned and get your popcorn. Right. I'll tell you, nothing was going to happen if the Packers actually do move Aaron Rodgers. Nothing was going to happen until that June 1st where they could relief $17 million of the dead cap money after that. So nothing was going to happen until then. I I would have traded Aaron Rodgers for uh, uh, not Trevor Lawrence, but the dude out of BYU that went to the Jets and some draft picks. I would have done that. I don't think he's going anywhere anymore. All five of his wide receivers didn't show up to OTAs yesterday either. Mm-hmm. If you got to get rid of Gutekunst, get the fuck rid of him. Mark Murphy, do the right fucking thing. All right, couple things before we go. Keep an eye on what's going to go on with Julio Jones. He wants out of Atlanta. Adam Vinatieri is retired. The most points in NFL history. Great kicker. Great for him. And Kenny Mayne, you said it before. We love Kenny Mayne as well. Hopefully, we haven't seen the last of you. Chris, tell everybody where they can find you. Ray said it best, man. If I'm his Ravens, yeah, I'm calling up the Falcons. Yo, what y'all want? You you want my firstborn? You need some blood? You want some vaccine? Like, what do you well, need? Everybody wants Julio. We'll happen? get into that. Send, Let's wrap it up. Send oh, no, Atlanta no, no. the Orioles. We don't need them. Gee, thanks. You all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Plaid. Thursdays on Pod is War, debuting Thursdays at 8 p.m. on the Cheershot Radio Network, and just overall being an awesome guy. Ray, tell everybody the the billions of things you have going on on Cheershot Radio Network. I do podcasts and hood rat stuff for my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Israel Cash, R E Y as a Mysterio, C A S H as in dollars. Four days out of the week, you got me. So, hey, I'm in this. Rock with your boy. Cheershot Radio, Outsider's Edge. Love me some Outsider's Edge. My name is Pizza Funny. You can find me at PC Tunny and all over the Cheershot Radio Network. Hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you next Wednesday for Chair Shot Radio. Thanks for listening. DJ Khaled. Khaled. Khaled.
And they stay there. And they say yeah. And they say there. Cause all I do is win, win, win. And if you going in, put your hands yeah. in the air. Make Listen. them stay there. Luda. Ludacris going in on the verse. Cause I've never been defeated and I won't stop now. Keep your hands up. Get them in the sky for the homies that ain't making them. My folks locked down. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Yo, who the f-